Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for joining us today for another episode of Caesar and the Wise Guy Sports Buzz podcast. This is Caesar here. Make sure you can follow us at CaesarandTheWiseGuy.com. You can check us out on Twitter at CaesarAndWiseGuy. Drop us a comment. Today, we're going to get into some Yankees talk. Did they actually cheat in 2017? Hmm. Also, we're going to get in the designated hitter. Looks like the designated hitter role for baseball is going to make a comeback for the remainder of the season, if that season ever starts. And also, the opening of the NBA. But before I start, we got my partner in crime, Mike the Wise Guy. What's up, Wise Guy? Got the Wise Guy over here. How's it going, all my followers out there? Hope everybody's tuning in and staying updated with Caesar and the Wise Guy podcast. Just want to give you all the updates and keep everybody tuned in with the sports buzz. So I'm going to just jump in and get started. Looks like all that illegal sign-stealing drama that blew up in Major League Baseball before the pandemic is really not quite over yet. And as heartbreaking as it is for me to say this time, it involves the Yankees. Oh. <laughs> now, the Yankees are obviously pretty steamed up, just like me, about the release of Commissioner Manfred's letter to the organization for alleged sign stealing, as you can imagine. ACs, you know anything about this uh, breaking news here? Yeah, apparently there's a letter that uh, was opened up, and uh, this is coming from, looks like a trial from the DraftKings, that uh, they were the plaintiffs. They actually suggested oh. that the investigation found that the uh, Yankees only engaged in technical infraction, and the plaintiffs were actually claiming that they found they engage in more serious sign-stealing scheme. It's actually really? one of those questionable things. Did they actually do more, or is there somebody that's hiding some information? I mean, huh. what do you think about that? You're the Yankee fan over there. <laughs> I am the Yankee fan. I am the Yankee expert, I guess. Okay, from my understanding, the commissioner wrote in 2017, which is where that this letter is kind of coming from, that the Yankees, and I'm going to quote, had violated a rule governing the use of the dugout phone. End quote. And to my understanding, that was not a violation from what he spoke on. Not to mention, this was also before Major League Baseball changed its rules regarding the electronic sign stealing following the 2017 season. And that's the whole reason that the Strohs got punished and spanked and all that wow. whole drama. Yep. So, yeah, something's kind of fishy. You know, I was wondering, you know, what's really going on. Something kind of tells me that uh, the Yankees are getting a little favoritism in here. And I'll tell you why, because it looks like there's going to be a push for confidentiality with this, in my opinion, because we already know the type of disgusting stain the cheating scandal had with the game of baseball with the Astros, of course. You know, they want to protect their information. The MLB wants to keep their information private. First off, there was probably promises made behind closed doors, information that was probably said never to get out. And another thing is, even if a few minor details were leaked, it will lead to people like you and I connecting the dots from certain players, and they will actually have us looking back at particular ball games being played in 2017 or maybe any other right. year. And, per, and perhaps even after that, anybody who can get a hold of the videos of past games will pretty much tie everything together. And just imagine if you're a relief pitcher at the time and gave up a bunch of runs during a relief appearance, <laughs> and then the next day you get demoted to the minors. I mean, those will right. frustrate those type of players. And all in all, because a team like the Yankees, you know, everybody loves the Yankees, or I guess most Repu of the East Coast. Yeah, <laughs> reputation, of course. 
course. The reputation, the, the good old Yankees. And not because a team like them maybe decided to reach into the bag of tricks. And Major League I, Baseball doesn't want to mess around with that and open up Pandora's box again. I'm no lawyer or anything, but I do know that when evidence is used in the court of law, it automatically becomes part of public record. I know that much. So basically, what that would mean is since the letter was used in the court case, it has to be unsealed for the public to see. So I guess it's more of a procedural thing than anything. So basically, even though I'm like a huge Yanks fan, I mean, let's open it up and see what it has to say. Yeah. And I think actually there's a reason why it hasn't been opened up yet. And I have a question for you. Actually, I got got something to tell you. Guess who was a Yankees fan growing up as a kid? To just take a wild guess. The big Yankee fan as a kid was Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball right now. Yep. Nice. He was born wow. in Rome, New York. He grew up in upstate New York, grew up a Yankees fan. So you don't think the relationships he's built over the years and with a deep rooted affinity for his team, that he's basically the perfect commissioner for this type of situation to ensure the Yankees don't ever become like the Astros, you know, no matter what they get accused of. Because trust me, he will find a way to conceal as much information as possible. I think with the way you're making it out to be. I understand where you're coming from. Hey, let's just open up and find out. There's nothing to hide, but in my honest opinion, it's actually something to hide. And I think we're going to find out pretty soon. Well, we have yet to see. And the Yankees are the most decorated sports team in all of sport. Their reputation is on the line, um, as well as Major League Baseball. So we're just going to have to stay tuned and see what happens. But in the meantime, we do have some more Major League Baseball sports buzz for our followers. It looks like Major League Baseball Players Association Association right now is reportedly pushing to add a designated hitter to National League rosters as uh-uh. soon as this season sees. So basically putting the universal DH rule into effect. That's interesting to me. Now, this could be one of several eye-opening changes being batted around by the union and Major League Baseball alike. Now, to me, this kind of makes sense, really, to adopt the universal DH this season. Of course, that change could be a precursor, I understand, to baseball permanently changing its rules, kind of like football and basketball, but really, so what? It's already documented. Pitchers in general aren't good hitters. So even the ones that are applauded for their hitting ability, (laughs) don't get me wrong, they don't get enough at-bats to make a consistent difference. And the icing on the cake would be the American League and the National League will both be playing the same game with the same rules. What do you think of the DH rule, bro? I'd have to disagree with you, partner, man. I'm an old school guy. To be honest, the the DH should stand for like dishonorable hitter or disgraceful oh. hitter. Not particularly for the batter themselves because they're just doing what they're told to do, but dishonorable because it does not honor the true essence of the game of baseball. You know, wow. the designated hitter has proven year after year to be dumbing down the, the entire game. It really, maybe it should stand for dummy hitter. Who knows? And in fact, the new rules should be the other way around. They should be looking to get rid of the DH and have baseball <laughs> return to the true essence. For you, for, for you baseball folks out there, you know, the game of baseball is a 90% chess match in the National League. In the American League, true. I would say it's about 55 to 60% chess match, all because of the DH. You guys have <laughs> well, been spoiled. The American League has has been spoiled. It's a Easy. hit me, hit me a home run, please. All AL fanatics, you know, it was easy season. Easy, it was who would? Back- you- 
Who would want to see their pitcher strike out or commit to a double play to end the inning? It destroys the beauty of baseball. I mean, it's no wonder the American League always takes the home court advantage in the World Series, bro. Come on, man. If you play the game, you play the field. I'll say it again. If you play the game, you play the field. <laughs> this designated hitter was put back, I believe, in 1973. It's been 47 years of making excuses to, as to why a good hitter can't catch a ball. Field the ball. Let's see what you got. You know, you're talented enough to make it to the major. You're given a glove as a kid. What happens to your glove when you get to the majors? You, you take the glove off and uh, you know chug a couple six packs of beers after the game and say, "Hey, I, I'm a I'm a great hitter. That's all I do." Hey, easy. The game is not for drunks, man. The DH allows for an extra solid batter in the lineup as opposed to a player who usually isn't in the majors for their hitting. In fact, if you bring up the worst batters of 2019, I'm talking about the worst, okay? And you bring up the best pitchers, top pitchers' batting average. They still can't even touch them. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say this 2021 will be my favorite year. I'm not sure if you knew this, but in 2022, that's pretty much official that DH will be universal uh, starting all across American National League. So this is why 2021 will be my favorite year. That's because we'll see the very last year of real baseball. Who knows? There might be a strong push from you know people like myself to try to save baseball. Because to me, the designated hitter rule is what separates both the American League and National League. And I'll say this because the strategy that's involved has managers in a chess match throughout the game. It's pretty much the most compelling thing about baseball. Better than stolen bases, in my opinion. Better than a sick double play. Call me crazy, but the, the compelling thing is having to decide in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning whether or not to take out your starter and put in a pinch hitter. The American League never has to worry about that. It's, it's just weak and it's less of a chess match. You know, you might as well rename the entire league just the American League and what are you going to do with the National League? What is their identity once pitchers are not allowed to bat? I, I, I just completely disagree that because if you forced hitters to pitch, the game would become a joke, wouldn't it? No, no. I, I, here's the thing. What they're looking for is more runs. The Twins and Yankees have already proven from last year between both the Twins and the Yankees, they probably hit what, a jillion homers over the last couple years. So Yeah, re- and, record-breaking. Yeah, exactly. And did you hear about the game of baseball making a comeback? Where Was that really the talk like, oh, yes, yes, there was mention of the home runs being hit. There was a noticeable interest in that. But at the same time, from their objective, what they're looking at is to try to save the game or they're trying to take it to a new level. You know, it's not doing that. It's not a, a Maguire Sosa type of thing where it took it to a new level. But of course, in hindsight, we ended up finding out what actually happened with those guys. But at least that was exciting. You didn't see all that talk when the home runs started getting hit more often in the last couple of years. And, Great documentary, uh, by the way, 30-30. I still have to catch that. But man, and by the way, really, for all our followers out there, my cousin's friend produced that documentary. I just want to say so. Congrats to oh, her. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Props to that. And Big uh, shout out. definitely. And I really don't want this ever going away, but it's not in my control. But I know if it does leave, it will never make a comeback. Just like I know one of my favorite ballparks, Candlestick Park, that will never come back. And what is the, like I said, what is the National League going to stand for right after this? Uh, I'm more on a traditionalist side because I grew up on National League Baseball. You know, a quick story. I remember the days coming home from school. I'd be watching, you know, cartoons at 10 years old. I was interrupted by 4 p.m. Pacific San Francisco Giants baseball. Good old road games being played in the East Coast. And I only bring that up because I'd always remember when they played teams like the, the Pirates at Three River Stadium or the Reds at the uh, Riverfront Stadium before it was renamed to Synergy Field. And uh, on a, actually, on another note, uh, that owner that they had at the time, Marge Shaw and her big old Cujo dog walking around the stadiums, 
always didn't like her. It was something about her I didn't like. But anyway, but the, yeah, the reason why I bring that up, because I would love listening to the broadcaster discuss the strategies that's involved between both teams. The National League Park playing National League rules, the main rule being that the pitcher has to bat. And right. the World Series anticipation will never be the same. And really, it just you know, just go poof, gone, thing of the past. The, new, the newer generations won't really have to be exposed to that at all. They're just going to have to read about it. No, look, I get all the strategy, but pitchers don't train to be hitters. In high school, college, the minors, the DH rule kicks in, bro. So turning the ability for a pitcher to hit is a pointless skill. Hell, if a pitcher gets drafted by an American League team, then signs as a free agent with a National League team, it might be a decade or longer before they even hit with any regularity, bro. And because pitchers don't train to hit, they also don't train to run bases. So while position players will have a lifetime to get used to all the stopping, starting, sprinting, and sliding the way you naturally would on the base paths, pitchers, while still athletic, don't get me wrong, wouldn't be as prepared for those specific types of motions. And on top of that, that's how all those catastrophic injuries occur. I mean, that's what I that, that's what I always talk about. Pitchers already have to dodge all those lat strain, shoulder injuries, and Tommy John surgeries under the moon. So avoiding the injury risk on top of that is probably the right thing to do because there's no there's no injury risk of a pitcher to to get injured while batting or running the bases and that protects the team's investment mind you so for every pitcher that doesn't embarrass themselves at the plate there are dozens who make the automatic outs and humiliate themselves on top of that at the same time you got to understand that man i disagree i think if you're a pitcher number one the pitchers are considered to be the best athlete on the field other than hitting i know their hitting's not good the running you know a lot of pitchers don't run well but at the same time i mean these guys are flexible they when you're mentally prepared and you know you're going to get at least two or three at bats during a game as a major league starting pitcher you know you're going to be doing things that are going not going to affect your performance whether or not it's having to actually walk up to the batter's box whether or not you're say playing an uh, interleague game that day and you're saying oh well i guess i don't have to bat today so you don't have to mentally pair so it's really all what's in between the ears and as a real national league fan would admit yeah it's a relief when an opposing pitcher bats because we know it's an easy out i get that part but mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be about offense and unless your name is you know madison bumgarner <laughs> he mm. can rake <laughs> better than most any average pitcher out there any hitter out there uh, there really actually needs to be a special rule just to let that guy bat because really who who wouldn't want to see the game of baseball without a paul bunyan at bat that's going to get rid of uh especially myself my attention span because really whenever he steps up to the plate you're always curious as to what he's going to do i mean who doesn't like to see a home one raking pitcher at bat and i know that's no. just one pitcher and not all the pitchers are like that exactly and like i said for every pitcher that can come up there and possibly hit one there are dozens and dozens who get up there and humiliate themselves. And on top of that, let me just tell you, the DH gives veteran players who can no longer play the field a wonderful opportunity to extend their careers a little bit. Let me give you a perfect example of one of my favorite DHs of all time. It was the case of 2009, I believe, World Series MVP. I, I, I think it was the Yankees, Hideki Matsui. I mean, his shaky leg showed he couldn't play the outfield anymore, but you might not know this, but I certainly do. But he was more than marvelous at the plate. He had 20 plus home runs that year, 90 plus RBIs. The Yanks knew he was valuable, more than valuable, and made him their full-time DH. Worked wonders for them, let me mention to you that year. I mean, he was no Frank Thomas, 
who is in the Hall of Fame for his DH effectiveness. It's still, like I said, one of my faves. <laughs> you can't go wrong, Frank Thomas, with the specimen like that. He would probably be the exception to a DH. It's just the way his body's <laughs> built. His body's built to, hey, give me a bat. I'm just going to stand here, smack the ball. I don't need a catch. I understand that. But for the most part, like I said, the game of baseball is a chess match. I love the old traditionalist way. Like I said, it's been 47 years of just, hey, give me a bat and I'll swing and then I'll you know, walk on back to the dugout and then let my teammates right. take the field. I don't know about that. <laughs> look, look, Big C's, I, I get the second inning bunting. I get the fifth inning pinch runner situations. Oh, I get all of that. But do you know what I think is more exciting than those minor strategic whatevers that don't really do anything? <laughs> Effing homers, baby. Oh, no. you're Don't tell me you're just a dingers type of guy. <laughs> Effing dingers, baby. Put them out there. Let's, let's, make, let's make this game a little bit more exciting. Man, that's what we've been seeing already. But anyways, let's, let's get on to a different topic here. We got the all baseball right. talk going going on now we got the nba they're starting to be a little before, uh, slow before down before we move on before we move on to the nba i just want to let all our followers know please tune in comment let everybody know that the wise guy just annihilated big c's on this debate please <laughs> no, the other way around <laughs> but yeah let's i disagree let's, we're actually we're always going to disagree on a dh i think that's going to be a, a clear case right there yeah but yeah just jumping into this nba talk i would love to definitely revisit this dh talk by the way but uh back to the nba and we're actually seeing a little slowdown as far as whether or not some players are going to come back you know there's been like i mentioned in one of my blogs there's conferences being held uh, as as far as some players being hesitant of whether or not that's something they want to engage in i think there was about 50 players or even more this time as to uh looking into the obstacles and it's no doubt uh the nba has been trying to iron this out really and it's a season uh that's going to be played at in orlando florida as everybody knows at the uh, wide world sports complex. Really, I mean, at this point of time, it's every day it's coming out to what is going to happen next. Is there going to be uh, any issues with certain players as far as the, the convenience of it, the location, uh, right. what type of freedom are there going to be allowed? I mean, what do you think about all this stuff here? Yeah, so players want to postpone games, but the NBA are, from what I understand, they're firming things up for the season to begin. And as they firm things up, they're coming up with some interesting rules as well. Um, and I'm going to give you a little bit of that information. So teams will be allowed to bring up to 17 players with them to Orlando. And that includes two two-way players that can be included with the 15-man roster in order to replace, obviously, like an injured player or somebody gets sick or something like that. Also, there's going to be a one-week transaction period in late June. I believe it's like June 28th or something to that extent that allows for all teams, not only the 22 that are even headed in to Orlando to actually waive a player or sign or even convert a two-way contract, which is kind of cool for the following season. Teams with open roster spots like the Lakers or the Nuggets and a bunch of other teams, I think the Clippers, Memphis Grizzlies, a couple of other teams, they can sign a free agent player regardless if they've even been on an NBA roster this season. So that that's like J.R. Smith, Jamal Crawford, um, people like that might even get a chance to go to Orlando and play and even be in the playoffs which is kind of cool. Now, there's an exception, obviously, to the rules, and that is that international players who were not on roster spots this season, they cannot sign for the remainder of the season. And um, they don't give any explanation for it, but I'm kind of thinking it's because 
because of travel situations and uh, and things like that. Um, now, in addition to the rules, the, the start date is changing to a day earlier from July 31st to July 30th. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah, so training camps are going to begin a little bit earlier, July 9th, after the teams first arrive, get briefly quarantined, all that good stuff. So that should mark a date for the actual finals to be able to start by their hoping by September 30th. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And without an agreement, really without an, an, a collective bargaining agreement and everything, say, does not go into fruition, it could really cause a lockout of the season. And it's, uh, I just read too, that Patrick Beverly said that if, if LeBron James wants to resume the game, then everybody will follow. I mean, that's the type of power that LeBron James has. It's hey. whether, you know, whatever he says goes. That's the amazing power of LeBron James. What do you think about it? Yeah, well, it's funny because he has, I, I, I mean, he uses his platform. He's, he, he doesn't like just talk. He performs. He uses action. I mean, for example, it, it's not only on the court, it's off the court. For example, his more than a vote campaign. He uses his platform to educate and have an impact so that black voters can have their voices heard and exercise their right to vote. And I mean, that's why he's such a leader on the court and everybody follows him. That's a true example of a superstar. I mean, but then there are players like Dwight Howard, who was just on CNN last night, in fact, and I quote, no justice, no gains was his message that was being sent. And he kind of follows Kyrie Irving's message, standing up with a couple of players that are following that lead. So yeah, yeah. And didn't Kyrie Irving say something about the uh, he does not agree with continuing the uh, season of the basketball season coming up? He's looks like a lot of players are kind of joining his mentality. He's been kind of leading the charge, uh, letting him know, you know, different perspective. And I hear what people are saying about Kyrie. It's in to me, what really is going on with all this is just having too much time, too much time to reflect because it really seems like March was forever. And now we're dealing until the end of July. Uh, this is a lot of opportunity for players to you know sit back and kind of second guess the entire thing. And I, I think that's what's going on. Uh, people with just extra time sitting at home, you know, about with the COVID thing and they're, they're actually examining, you know, the possibilities. There's a lot of things that can uh, follow through. And uh, this is what creates a skepticism. People are going to be questioning uh, certain protocols that are going to be followed, going to have to be followed during the 2019-2020 season. And like I said, and uh, one of the worst case scenario is that they could end up in the lockout. And <laughs> I mean, if you look at everything, you know, I don't like to see the possibility of having replacement players. That sounds like ridiculous. We all know the word replacement is not a good word for any sport. Remember what they did with replacement referees, replacement right. baseball players back in 1995 when the season started. No one yeah, really likes that. Yeah. And it's going to turn off a, a lot of players. And uh, so the question is, who are we going to have um, when it comes playoff time? Right. Are, are we, we going to have LeBron stars James? Or, yeah, yeah. Are we going to see our stars? Are we going to see the people that we want to see playing basketball that can lead the way? Are we going to want to see people that people come to see NBA basketball, the true leaders that everybody comes to follow? Or are we going to just see some bench players, some warmups? Yeah. And that's a big question mark. And as a fan, you would have loved to seen these things already ironed out. We do not. I know there's a human element to it. And the fact that no, everything is on board, 100% of the players are not on board. It makes me as a fan kind of turn off a little bit. So that's where we are with the whole NBA stuff right now. I agree. They would love nothing more. Uh, a lot of the NBA players are saying than like some people on the label. 
Lakers than to win their first championship or to get out there and play. But they're saying that the unity of their people um, is much bigger than basketball. And until that's resolved, they don't know if things should start. People like Dwight Howard, like I said, people like Kyrie, Carmelo Anthony isn't sure about coming back. Lots of players in that position. Yep, I definitely agree. We're going to keep you updated with the NBA buzz. We're going to keep you updated with all sports that's going on. Um, Another big shout out to Daniel Berger for winning that plaid jacket this week. And congratulations to golf getting past the pandemic, getting out there and swinging the wrenches, man. Props to him. Yeah, congrats. Yes, congratulations. Well-deserved for edging it out at the end for that young man. Just got to say that. Um, Definitely a big weekend um, in sports. And uh, 50-year anniversary, mind you, for Doc Ellis throwing a no-no on LSD. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> just wanted to bring that up a little uh baseball trivia so i won't see that <laughs> happening anytime soon don't think so that was the 70s bro <laughs> we're yeah. past that age can you imagine twitter while it's happening hey this guy's on uh, this guy's on <laughs> lsd just tune in right <laughs> Not anymore. Not in this time of age. But listen, we want to thank all our followers for tuning in. This has been an unbelievable podcast. This was episode three. Thank you for tuning in. CaesarandTheWiseGuy.com. Check out our website at CaesarandWiseGuy. Check out Twitter, CaesarandTheWiseGuy. Sports Buzz on Facebook. Tune in. Send some comments. Stay safe. Feel well. Thank you, everybody. You.